When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale, brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Drink responsibly. Access to the best in construction industry training? Call Master Builders Victoria today. Afternoons on SEN. Oh, that's out, caught behind. Magnificent delivery, that one. Five wickets in the innings, and that ball seems to me to nip away off the seam. First slip, Brian Lara knocks it up and takes it. So Ian Fisher. Picks up uh, six wickets, his best bowling figures in Test cricket. The West Indies have won the series and they retain the Frank Worrell Trophy. It's Caroline Bass's Test Match Hype Party. We're here in Perth ahead of the first test on Wednesday between Australia and the West Indies. Our coverage beginning at midday Eastern Daylight Time. Jared Waitley leading the coverage with myself, Adam Collins, as well as Simon Kadich, Damian Fleming, Ian Bishop, Brad Hogg, Peter Lawler, and Brat Sunderation. And we have one of those men with us here now. It's Ian Bishop. You're hearing hearing him there on the play on six for forty here at Perth uh, when the West Indies were victorious in that famous test in February 1993. Bishop, Ian Bishop, welcome to Australia. Welcome to SEN. Can't wait to have you with us. Thank you very much for having me. I can't wait as well. Uh, the voice of West Indian cricket, and indeed a place that you love playing, Perth specifically, uh, and the team as well. You had so much success here over the years. Yeah, the old ground, the Wacker was always very generous to us in the olden days. I suppose I can say that now with its bounce, its pace. Um, back then, our bowlers obviously had a height advantage over most in the world, and the batters enjoyed pace coming on and, and bounce. But I think it was a bowling fraternity that uh, was a great assistance to us. So hopefully, hopefully, this new generation can forge a path for themselves. Uh, Ian, good to have you on, and I can't wait to be on air with you. Uh, it is such a privilege for all of us uh, to have you as part of the SEN panel and just to you know, hear your voice alongside us. The honor is all mine, I can assure you. It will be um, hopefully a, a good and enjoyable occasion for all of us. So that we're all human beings, we're all trying to, to continue to make an impact on the world and to tell the stories, the narratives that will evolve from the most important people, which are the guys on the field. Uh, and about the guys on the field, uh, Ian, so much talk about West Indies in T20 cricket and white ball cricket, but they've actually been a pretty settled test team, haven't they, in the last 18 or 24 months? Yeah, the test team, uh, if you go back, I suppose, pre-pandemic. Um, so you're talking about those two World Cups that we won, 2012 and then 2016. The test team was in decline then, or certainly was had plateaued then. And the white ball team, particularly the T20 team, was the one that brought glory and relevance to the Caribbean. Now the test team for, I would think, the last maybe three years, three and a half years, has started to win more games at home 
for a number of reasons. A number of these guys have been together since they were playing under-19 cricket. And certainly at home, they're playing better with the pitches, the Duke's ball, the grass pitches. Uh, whereas we saw the end of an era in the T20 team uh, with 2016 and Darren Sammy's leadership. The 50-over team hasn't been anywhere near as good as it should be. So I'm hoping that these test players can continue uh, the revival of sorts. And uh, historically, Bish, uh, West Indian captains are always the explosive batters or even when Jason Holder, the most talented member of the side. I mean, can you put into perspective what Craig Brathwaite brings to this test team as a leader? He's been around for 10, over 10 years now. Yes, Craig started in 2011 when he was perhaps 16 years old. I think he made his test table <laughs> against Pakistan. Right. Um, there have been a lot of issues in West Indies cricket, far too many to, to chronicle um, in any one test series or test match, much less an interview. What happened was Jason Holder had led this team from 2014 Sri Lanka to Australia, uh, that 2014-2015 and I've been doing a steady job, but the team never really galvanized itself to the levels expected. And I think the last straw was the Bangladesh tour came up in 2021, January, and a number of the players, first choice players, elected not to go. And so Craig Brathwaite, who might have been struggling to get into the team, had the full team toward Bangladesh put up his hand and said, he was asked if he would lead. He said, yes, I will lead. He's a man of very few words, a quiet man who prefers to lead by his performance. And he's not what people see as a typical West Indian batter. He loves the bat time more in the mold of Shibnarine Chandapal than he is of Sir Vivian Richards. He's trying to expand his stroke play, but I think he's starting to also be a clever captain rather than a conservative captain. So you'll, you'll hear from an understated player, someone who's very level-headed. Hopefully you'll see a guy who will go out there and bat time and try to lead from the front. Yeah, what you're describing there, Bish, is a West Indian test side that, that kind of has been on the improve over the last couple of years. That They haven't lost a, a test match this year, winning 1-0 against England and 2-0 against Bangladesh. And Brathwaite, for his part, averaging 70 in test cricket this year. And... Fast bowlers like Azari Joseph coming into his prime, a veteran like Kemar Roach. I mean, they, they should be a far more competitive outfit when the last time they were here in 15-16. Well, I'm hoping that Azari Joseph in the last 12 to 16 months has improved tremendously across formats. His test match bowling, I'm still yet to see the best of him because his best figures are 3 for 33 or something like that. I think he's, he's got much more inside of him. He's the quickest of the bowling group. You'll see a young man called Jaden Seals, 21 mm. years of age. Not quick, not frighteningly quick, but a lovely outswinger, nippy pace, and hopefully he continues to develop. I'd like to see Jason Holder get back to at least his best bowling form because of his height, because of his control, if he gets back to his best, because this year has been a lean year for him in Test cricket, then he can be a good addition. Kimar Roach... Uh, still has something to prove away from home because his away from home record is not as astounding as his home record, which is absolutely superb. Mm. And then the backers will um, they'll have they'll have a big test on their hands against this Aussie attack 
in these two test matches at these two venues. Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this current lot goes, Blish. But just, just if I could take you back to your playing mm-hmm. days. You spoke mm-hmm. about being competitive and you listened to Wasim Akram and Wakar Yunus talk about each other. There was such healthy competition between them. Like, What was it like when you were sharing that ball with Ambrose and Walsh uh, at, at all your peaks at that point? I was in great admiration of them. I, I always sort of regale uh, people, anyone that would listen with, let's say we we're playing at the WACA, which is my favorite venue to bowl at of any that I've played at across the world. Uh, 1992-93, for example, when Kirkley was running in and he got that seven for one or whatever it was, standing at fine leg or standing at mid-on, it was just sheer admiration for his relentless ability to hit the same target over and over. His control that not higher than Courtney Walsh, who was exceptional. Courtney was more experimental in what he would do. Kirkley wasn't. He would not give you a drive if he could afford not to. Uh, he never shifted too much from a fourth stump, fifth stump line. And his belief in himself, as well as Courtney, their mental strength to know that the higher the challenge, that they would rise to it, uh, is something that is hard to explain. Uh, but they were two really great bowlers that impossible to emulate. You're probably part of the last great West Indian side, Ian. And we hear a lot of commentary around the world about wanting to see West Indies cricket get back to the very best that they were uh, against the Red Bull back in the you know, late 80s into the early 90s, probably the last great generation of that. Um, how frustrating is it for you watching from so close up as a commentator that there seems to have been this systemic decline over the last 25 years or so? Excellent word when you say systemic decline, because that is exactly what it is. It, um, I think there has been talent, maybe not. I don't know that we will ever see the likes of Andy Roberts, Michael Holding, Joel Garner, and whoever it was, Colin Croft, or whoever, Eldine Baptiste, bowling together in tandem with Sir Vivian Richards, Gordon Greenwich Desmond. I don't know if we'll see that era again. But certainly you'd like to believe that a West Indies team can be better than eighth position. A West Indies team can be better than not making it into the Super 12 of a T20 World Cup, having been two-time champions. And so we've got to get things more rounded off the field in order for that to be reflected on the field. I still believe mm-hmm. that there is enough talent there. Uh, you look at Jaden Seals, you look at Alzari Joseph, for example, Mm. How do we nurture those two talents? We have a guy like Shimon Hetmeyer in white ball cricket and Nicholas Puran. How do we get the best out of them? I mean, I have a lot of thoughts that will come out over the summer, but I still believe we're bet- we should be better than the positioning on the table. Yeah, it feels like there's all this goodwill, but and there's a, a fantastic Caribbean cricket podcast. They always, they always say this, there's never a dull day in, in West Indian cricket. And we saw just a couple of months ago, John Campbell coming into his best as a test player, receives a four-year drug ban. Phil Simmons, who took the job on during the pandemic as coach for the second time, uh, he was sacked. At, well, he, he stood down rather at the end of the T20 World Cup recently. He's with the side at the moment, but the instability off the field feels like an ongoing theme. You're far too much. Look, if you start at the very top, right, you talk about administrative bodies who go into an election every two years for the right to govern and run the regional game. 
Well, when you get into office, by the time you settle in for a month and a half, you are thinking about the next election and winning that next election, planning to Mm -hmm. win it down the road instead of concentrating on the business at hand. So I believe that we need to change that system. If it's a four-year system to give whoever the people are that are running the game a chance to embed themselves and focus on the cricket, the identity and the running of the cricket, rather than thinking election, um, re-election all the time. That takes away the focus. We need to be able to utilize some of the best players that we've had in different formats. We are two-time champions in the World Cup, two-time champions in T20 World Cups as well. We need to utilize more of those guys who have been playing with the best, seen what it is like to prepare for the best, and try to push West Indies cricket forward. But hey, look, that's a conversation that we can take up another day. Uh, we have all the time in the world, Pish, for that. <laughs> but, and uh, look, I know you don't like to talk about yourself, Pish, but like you are arguably the the most, the, I think, the student of cricket that comes through. Like, you know, whenever you're on air, it's just amazing listening to you. Uh, but how have you ridden this wave uh, in the last 15 or so years, like with West Indies cricket, the ups and downs that Adam spoke about uh, while you've been the voice of West Indies cricket? Um, look, uh, thank you very much for your kind words, but it's it's only that way because I've been the one fortunate enough to be watching and having to tell the story in the absence of the late Tony Cozier, who um, I can't speak highly enough, Michael Holding, who's been a mentor and one of the best friends that I've ever had, very loyal in his teachings to me when I was a player and as a broadcaster as well. So it's been hard and it's getting harder. And this T20 World Cup hit me like a rock because I think you hear the platitudes from some quarters and sometimes it sounds a little condescending that the world needs West Indies cricket and the, mm. what's the adjective, adjective that is used that they're unpredictable. What does that mean, unpredictable? Today your best game, tomorrow your worst. I want to I see a team that gets past that. A team that might not win every day, but at least they bring their best effort every day. And that landscape is being challenged now because of all the leagues that are out there. New Zealand are feeling it. Uh, Sri Lanka are feeling it. West Indies, perhaps more than most, are feeling it. So the next year, 2023, in West Indies cricket and world cricket, are going to see some challenges which are unprecedented. But again, it's been hard to watch but I allow these guys to forge their own identity and don't judge them by the great standards of the guys who came before myself, uh, the Laras, the Ambrose, who played along with myself. Ian Bishop, so wonderful hearing you talk about West Indies cricket. Can't wait to be sitting in a commentary box with you. In a couple of days' time at Perth Stadium, you'll be front and centre of our coverage. We'll see you over West. Thanks for having me, and I look forward to the test matches. Okay, that was the great Ian Bishop, the voice of West Indies cricket, and we'll be back uh, after we've just had a breather here. We're not far away from speaking to the coach of the West Indies side, Phil Simmons, for more conversation around the the current group they've got in Australia on the Collo and Baz Test Match Height Party on SEN Cricket throughout the course of the afternoon.